Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Fright Talk on Everyday Folks Radio. You're listening live with Billy B.J. Jones and... Nadine Tabs. And we are the Fright Talk guys. And do we have something frightfully good to talk about tonight. If at any time you'd like to speak to us during this live podcast, you can call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that call in is 347-539-5372. And you may also email your questions, comments, or requests at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, frighttalkguys at gmail.com. Or you could just look us up on Instagram. In fact, my brother here at Adeem has Fright Talk Guys open on the screen. You can also inbox him at NTABS, N-T-A-B-S, N-T-A-B-S-C-H. Tonight's show is... I think commemorative, right, Nadim? Because it is the uh, we're commemorating the independence of America, and what a befitting time to talk about haunted historic sites and memorials in America, from abandoned mausoleums and cemeteries to renovated homes or hotels. America has its share of haunted historic spots. So, what makes a, a place haunted and historic, and what tales? or stories have emanated from each of these locations or some of the locations that we've heard about. Tonight, we're going to talk about it, and we hope that you'll share some of your greatest tales or visits. And you know, Nadine, when we check, this topic is, is really cool because there's so many spaces. I mean, just, just take away the sun and the light, and every space is creepy, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but this is different because we now have some haunted historic places Interesting enough, a lot of the historic places that we know today are being visited, right? Like the Liberty Bell, the White House, things that really celebrate iconically the emblems or symbols of patriotism in America. But right. try visiting any of these spaces after hours or at night. Right. Granted, right. many of us can't, but I, you know, it's, if any of you work, by the way, at any of these spaces and have a story, let us know. That'd be really cool to hear some perspectives if you're working or walking the, the spaces after hours. But it's also safe to say that many cemeteries as well. We have beautiful, um, some forgotten cemeteries across America as well. And yes, because they are cemeteries, they are, you know, allegedly have stories that definitely need to be told. So Nadim, you know, what makes, in your opinion, a place haunted or historic, you know, a, a, a place haunted and historic? That's an interesting mix. Yeah. So the connection would be that if there is a historic, it does, you know, we think of historic and we think about, okay, it has to be something um, perhaps very, very old or, or some sort of building or structure that has had some sort of significant historical content that happened there. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, right? So just any type of structure or any type of 
memorial, a cemetery even, that has been around for quite some time that has experienced its fair share of, you know, paranormal activity. Now, mm-hmm. we've spoken about this in the past, Billy, that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if one or two people uh, state that they have seen something or have experienced something, sometimes it's very easy to uh, disregard that. But when you have slews of people telling you the same thing about specific locations, I mean, I think it's a little arrogant to ignore that, yeah, there's something that cannot be explained happening in a lot of these historic locations. And we have quite a few really cool historic places that we're going to talk about tonight. Now, I heard of this Lincoln, you know, the Lincoln Memorial. I've right. heard uh, some visitors have claimed that they've seen the eyes open or they've heard strange sounds. They've felt a whiff of air or felt a whiff of air go by. And there's so many things that they have indicated. Or they've um, gotten some kind of angelic or, uh, or, or, or spiritual message from beyond, from a loved one. There are all these interesting claims by visiting these spaces. And I think, you know what I think about these things? They're very, when we go to spaces that are very sacred, because I feel that historic places are sacred places, right? They are places right. that really, are, they're monumental. They commemorate, they memorialize some history or, or, or spoken episode of some form of discovery or, or interest. I think also because of that, it lends itself to the possibilities that it may attract other types of energies or individuals, people who we would, I mean, everyone who's there we know would be loving of these things, but we don't know what, what, what what's attached to them or they may leave behind. And so I think this tonight's story, folks, as you talk to us about these stories, share some of your historic spaces. Now, be aware, we're going to give you a disclaimer. We have not visited some of these places, <laughs> or at least some of the places you may hope that we have, and we hope to do so nonetheless. But we can surely tell you about some of our own stories right here in South Florida and Georgia. <laughs> and right. There are some great places in Florida in general that are definitely um, historic. And so, Nadim, out of all the places that you could think of, when you think of a haunted historic space or place, what comes to mind? What's like the, one of your first spots? So I visited many years ago uh, one mm-hmm. of the first jails in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, so let me clarify. I was visiting. I, w- I was visiting the location as a tourist place, not that I mm-hmm. was visiting for other reasons. I was. <laughs> I wasn't in trouble with the law. In case you're wondering, I was visiting because it was a legit part of a tour. But that place had some creepiness to it. Um, it was not very big. It was a two-story building. You you were allowed to walk through the, the prison and see, or the jail rather, and see the, the confinement of these spaces, which seemed barbaric to me. Uh, and then the, the, the crazier part was, so there was basically a door, a solid door that would lead you mm-hmm. into where all these jail cells were. Across the hall, the sheriff slash warden lived with his wife and his kids. Right wow. across the hall. Yeah, it was it was very odd. But more than anything, wow. it was because it was older, you get that creepy feeling. It was something odd there to me. Um don't even know how many people would have been uh lived or died there or spent a lot of time there. But St. Augustine pops up often in that radar of haunted places, as does Key West, Florida, as does Savannah, Georgia. I mean, those are especially Savannah, the major, and Key West, major haunting 
uh, epicenters there from the different stories that, that you get from people as well. And so, Billy, I mean, we've visited a lot of places in our time. So is there, if I were to ask you, haunted historical, what is one place that you have visited that comes to mind? The White House. The, yeah, the, the, the White, White House. House and yeah. funny enough, I mean, granted, you're only allowed in the first floor, right? Right. But the White House has many staff. There are people all outside the perimeters protecting the folks who dwell within it. I mean, there, there, there are good hundreds of people around at different times of the day and night there. But I would find a house like that, especially in that space. There's a room in there where they have the former president's portraits up. Yeah. You see that room. And, and even uh, Barack Obama and a few other presidents before him or their families have reported feeling, you know, like a, or seeing Abe Lincoln, um, yeah. you know, having some, a, a visit from another former predecessor or family member. And these houses, what people don't realize is a lot of people mill through the space on the first floor during the day, right? Uh-huh. And they go down to the basement where, you know, sometimes they used to let you go in the basement where there's like a whole like ball down there. And right. so the second and third floor is where the first family lives. So everybody else is on the second and third floor and the staff that they live on premises, they're living in the basement in this mall area where there are like different studio apartments. So this place is very big and obviously it's lived through quite a few um, eras of human existence and it's also been repainted. <laughs> and so right. it had a lot of stories and stuff. And I would imagine, I, I mean, my goodness, the, the White House is definitely the first, the first first place and i'm so glad i visited it i only wish i could visit after hours <laughs> right that would right. be really cool <laughs> yeah i visited we that's not possible. many years ago and same thing you can only go to one side is you know first floor and they make you go through quite a bit just to get in but uh the white house does pop up often as one yes, of those haunted historical places believe it or not the ghost uh or what they claim to be the ghost of abraham lincoln is the one to be most reported, him and his son who passed away when yeah. uh, Lincoln was in, in White House. Um, and so there's even a story of Winston Churchill when he was visiting the White House that he came out of the bathroom and he wasn't dressed, but he had a cigar in his mouth because, you know, Winston Churchill. And he saw, uh, he claims to have seen an apparition of Lincoln and said something to the effect of, Mr. President, you seem to have me at a disadvantage or something to that effect. So we even have somebody as prominent as Winston Churchill saying that he saw an apparition of Abraham Lincoln in the White House. You know, Nadine, we talked about her before. Do you remember Madame Marie Delphine Lalaurie? We talked about her earlier this year. And her Lalaurie mansion in New Orleans is also a classic. I've had the pleasure of visiting New Orleans. And in fact, my cousin's there now this weekend. <laughs> She's visiting this weekend. And it, I didn't go to the mansion. I passed by the mansion. We didn't go in. But the mansion itself is definitely allegedly haunted. Um, it's a historic attraction there, especially with all the atrocities that took place there. As we yeah. talked about already here on Fright Talk, folks, you got to go back in our archive <laughs> and listen to the La story that we talked about. It was back in February, I believe, or March when we did it. I think it was March. And we talked extensively about her fascinating story. And, it, you know, it's, people say that the mansion itself, it earned its moniker as a, um, after the fire that broke out there. And that's when the town right. people discovered what was going on. Right. So there's no telling who else perished there. So I think it's another cool spot to consider. Yeah. And 
uh, we know that the, I I have a friend of mine who lives in New Orleans. I'm gonna see if I can uh, convince her to go to some of these haunted places. I'm sure she's gonna say no, but we'll see if we can convince her to go. <laughs> um, you know, Billy, I know we have our our questions that we're gonna be starting soon, but I wanted us to, and you and I had discussed this already. Uh, wanted to take a moment out there to let everybody know that our our hearts are with the uh, victims and the families of the Surfside uh, condo collapse. Uh, I know for those of you listening across the country or across the world, that's literally in our backyard. I mean, it's probably about 20 minutes away from Billy and probably about 30 minutes away from me. And so our, our hearts definitely go out to the victims of uh, the Surfside condo and their families. And obviously the firemen, the rescue workers, the first responders, you know, they can't be, uh, they can't be praised enough for their efforts. And Nadine, I got a question for you. Do you feel that when people take places that are historic and make it into horror films and give them a horror story that becomes so real or even based on real events, is it really paying homage in a meaningful way to that space, or is it like does it take does it take away the you know the value and the honor of the space when we take it into a Hollywood creative aspect? For instance, you you know we just talked about Surfside and you know and, and our hearts go out. To victims there. We had Pulse five years ago in Florida as well. That's yeah, nightclub. Yeah. And so at some point, there's like this sacred rule or this unspoken custom where we just don't do movies or talks about those things right. Right, because they are so sensitive. And so, but yet, we could talk about plantations. <laughs> like we look at plantations, yeah, there's yeah. several historic plantations that are available and open. And they are also allegedly haunted as well. And several yeah. of those appear in Georgia. There are a couple of the, I think there's one in Louisiana. And so we get these other options as well. It seems like there's this like unspoken rule society-wise that tells us where our limits are. A lot of it has to be with common sense. But others, I also think, hmm, I wonder in time if things move forward, will there be a time in which we can go there without offending those who are you know, there? And if we do, do it tastefully or don't do it at all. That's a very good point. So here I'm going to raise two. I'm going to raise two uh, two subtopics with it. Number one, uh, the first subtopic would be the Amityville horror movie franchise is actually based on the Amityville house, which had obviously uh, a dark history. Now right. they've done a few remakes of the movie, and I feel like every time they do a remake, it's watering down. At some point. A lot of people only remember the movies and not the actual historical uh, concepts behind or the historical situations. I feel right. like the more movies that come out about one particular topic, it kind of waters it down. We, you and I, have seen horror movies that will have um, wolf, zombie, Nazi soldiers, and so at that point, if we're if we're saying that, and it's not making light of because we're turning the Nazis into monsters in these films, right? But we're still at a place that, you know, we know that they did some terrible things and, you know, during the Second World War and we, we're here in this situation where we're, we're turning Nazis into werewolves and stuff because we've seen them in the movies and we've seen them, the, you know, and stuff like that. And so um, I think it depends on the topic. You know, we're, I doubt, and I hope they don't ever try to do like a a 9/11 horror movie because I I think it's just a little too real. But if you take uh, isolated incidents like the Amityville Horror House and then you try to turn it into a horror movie, I think it works 
but it only works to a certain point. If you keep redoing the movie over and over and over again, I feel it loses some of that historical value. Mm, good point. And folks, you're listening live to the Fright Talk guys on July 2nd. We're live, folks. And you can talk to us, too, at 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And you can inbox your questions, comments, or requests, too. Everyday folks, listen at gmail.com, frighttalkguys at gmail.com, or frighttalkguys on Instagram. Find us right now if you can. And we see that some of you are sitting in some questions, um, and, you're, and we appreciate the love. Just one more thought for you, Nadine, before we leave that, 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 that what we just discussed. I think what you said is very true. It, it, the thing about Amityville, it, it, New York gets a lot of its share. And as a historian, you know this best. Why is it that some of these stories and these historic spaces, they always seem to be tied to some turn of the century, previous century, or era, whether it be Victorian or colonial, because there was some tragedy or circumstance that just created, and you know, it just makes the story even greater, even richer, right? And right. so even, and I think also too, folks, it's important that we recognize in the turn of the century, yeah, the world we know today, here we are, we turn another decade, and here we are dealing with what we're, what we're dealing with. But a hundred years ago, they were dealing with, plus years ago, they were dealing with a new world at that time as well. And there's so many untold stories. And some of the buildings that people have lived in are now historic sites or they're, they're dwellings. People have apartments. I mean, right. there are millionaire lofts now in yeah. some of these places. And so if walls could talk, what would they say? So, Nadim, yeah. I got a question for you. Listen to this one. Paul says, I visited a few plantations in America. They're beautiful, rustic homes, but their eerie past make uh, make me rethink living in one are right. are plantations great places for spirits to frequent in your opinion i believe any place where um you had so many people that have been mistreated tortured um a place with such sadness is a breeding ground for paranormal activity okay because um I'm, i i hold the belief that uh, souls may not all be able to rest. And so in a plantation, you're talking about hundreds of people, obviously depending on the plantation, could be thousands, um, that has suffered in some way. And there's there that soil is soaked in blood, in my opinion. That's true. And that so, is so that true. heaviness you feel when you walk on there, that heaviness you're going to feel, I mean, that's not – you know, that, that, that's embedded into uh, the land. At least that's the way I see it. That's why I think it's a terrible idea that they, that, you know, there's these, at least in my opinion, I think it's a terrible idea. Uh, I would never want to stay in an Airbnb that's on a former plantation or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, in, in general, I feel that the sometimes the, the, the torture, the sadness, and all of that is into, embedded into the backstory and the fabric of those locations. Billy, I mean, when it comes to plantations specifically, I mean, I would assume that, you know, paranormal activity would be rampant in these places. Oh, yes. Any, like you said, any places, places that have ex- experienced extreme trauma or, or, or sorrow or misfortune, you know, penitentiaries, um, asylums, yeah. they all fall in this category. But that one's so interesting and unique. I myself don't want to visit one. 
I don't want to be connected in that way. And it's not even because, folks, keep in mind, it's not even because we are afraid. By all, by all means, we're not. I guess it goes back to what we said earlier, Nadim, and that there are limits or boundaries to what we feel is okay for creative entertainment, like what we're doing now, right. versus just honoring or acknowledging or being connected to such history that was so shameful. It's just hurtful. And so, Paul, I think that your question was a really good one, and I'm glad that you were able to visit. If you could email us back or message back and tell us which ones you visited, <laughs> that would probably help us a little more to understand where you've been and, and, and what that experience was like. But we thank you for listening. Barry, I have a question here uh, for you from Peter. Peter says, I live across the street from an old cemetery in New England. Okay. It's so beautiful at night to look out in the distance and see the stars. Some of my family members are freaked out. Would you guys live across the street from a cemetery? Now, I remember uh, staying in a bed and breakfast with my parents when I was like 13. Mm -hmm. We were on a road trip in Bristol, Tennessee, and it was right across from the cemetery. I'll tell you what, it was peaceful. So I I don't know, Billy, would you? I mean, I don't think I'm necessarily opposed to living across the street from it, right next to a cemetery, maybe. Um, I don't know, Billy, would you want to live across the street, or would you be willing to live, rather, across the street from a cemetery? Well, there have to be some conditions. I'm willing to consider it if, A, the property and the value is what obviously what I'm looking for, and hopefully there's nothing else that, you know, comes with the house itself. It also deals, it depends on the proximity, you know, how far it is and how close, because if I can see it is one thing, but if I can touch it within 10 or 15 feet, at least, (laughs) I don't know if I can do all that because I know my spiritual mind will go on a roller coaster. I will say though, that I would probably still say no. And I'll tell you why, you know, as as my, my better half and I had this friend and they lived across the street at the one time from, it's in Kendall and there is on one seventeenth, Nadine, you know, this area. And there is this huge, beautiful cemetery. Oh, yeah. And yeah. They, had a, they live in a community off of 117. So there, it's not directly, they can see it. But every time you leave your community and come back in and come back out, there's the cemetery. And there was even a comment one time that this friend made. She said, oh, my grandmother's right over there. And she's like pointing over there, like pointing in the direction of the cemetery. So I don't have to go very far. And I always wonder, I'm like, I like being able to drive out and see trees and palm trees and things like that. I don't know if I want to drive out and see a cemetery immediately every time I leave my community <laughs> to go and do my business, right? And, 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 right? and the interesting part about that, just one more thought on it, is this. If one day, I remember her saying she had to leave the community, obviously, to go to a funeral, and it's like, wow, the first thing you see outside when you pull out, go around the corner, and right there is the cemetery. And so, yeah, it wasn't close, but it's always there as a reminder every time you enter and exit your community, your neighborhood. So I don't know if I'd even be comfortable with that. Yeah, I don't listen, as a kid, I, as far back as I can remember, you know, my, my parents used to rent a motorhome, and we'd go to different states mm-hmm. and road trip a lot. Um and I remember going to Philadelphia as a kid and walking right by the gate of a small cemetery where you could see Benjamin Franklin's tombstone. And oh, as really? a kid, I just, yeah, yeah. And as a kid, you know, you, you register it, but you don't really register it until you're an adult. Uh, so I'm not relatively freaked out by cemeteries. Mm-hmm. Now, if you say, hey, Nadine, we're going to cut your property taxes 
much lower so you can live across the street. Yeah, I might take that into consideration. <laughs> but I agree with you. It's the one thing is that having it right next to you. I mean, right. and also you got to think that cemeteries, for the most part, if it's still a functional cemetery as far as if they're still doing burials and stuff, you are going to hear a lot. There's always a lot of grief close by. And so mm. you want to avoid that. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Thank you for your question, Peter. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So we have one more coming in, Adeem. I got another one for you. I think you'll like this one. So Tina writes, you got to visit the Windsor house at some point. Have you guys covered this topic yet? It's a splendid historical home, but strange indeed. Huh. I don't, I didn't, I never visited the Windsor house. Is that the one that uh, right. you showed me the video, the haunted video tour of? Yeah. Yeah, remember we I think we did it like last year around this time when we were I was showing you online and they and there was like right. a virtual tour they were doing and how the Windsor family who obviously the gun you know the namesake of the gun that that's named after it, um you know they built this house and he the husband died before the house could be done but the you know, but the house continued it took nine years to build but they said the reason why and there was a lot of deaths there were the earthquake that interrupted it all this stuff that happened on the premises so people. Be, uh, the, the wife said, you know what, you know, as we're building this house, I'm going to, you know, there's spirits that are causing this. There's a lot of mood, you know, you know, bad juju. So she went to someone, obviously she was get, got given this information. So she started to build stairwells and staircases that go to nowhere, all kinds right, of twisting right. um, doors that open to nothing or open to fall to your death. Um, so all kinds of weird things going on. And it's a, it's a great historic site, Tina. I, 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 I have to ask this question. Tina, have you, or even Adeem, have you seen the movie? Um, what was it called? It's based on the movie. It's based on the house. Oh, my gosh. It's not called The Windsor. It's based on The Windsor House. It's a scary movie that came out maybe five years ago. And I can't remember the name. But Tina, or if you and Adeem can recall it, you, you can share it. But the movie itself was kind of cool. It was very PG-13. But watching it reminded me of kind of like The Haunted Mansion. I mean, what if the Haunted Mansion at Disney actually had turns and twists to nothing? That would be super cool as a ride. But to actually experience it, because Nadim and I actually saw this virtual tortina. We, we played with it during the COVID shutdown last year, and it was right after our show. We went online, and we watched it, and Nadim and I were like, this is crazy. Like, look at that. Like, it goes to nothing. And there are YouTube videos also that, that, that share it as well. Definitely a great space to visit, and I haven't, and hopefully one day we will. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Billy, as as we're talking here, I'm getting uh, some messages here, and I got one from a friend of mine that said, uh, the friend from New Orleans, it says that uh, her sister used to live across the street from a cemetery in Louisiana when okay. when she was younger, and uh, that it was creep that she found it to be creepy. Oh, how cool is it? Well, you know what? And that's really creepy because number one, no offense to Louisiana, of course, I love, you know, much respect. <laughs> But Louisiana yeah. has such a whole spiritual, that's a whole Caribbean, the whole, it does. It does. you know, yeah. the whole, the bon ton, you know, down there is, it's, it's so rich with cultural, spiritual, spirituality. And I think that in itself is a great atmosphere for this stuff. But also one could say that for other spaces too. But I just find that New Orleans all, or Louisiana in general, it gets the shorter end when it comes to Spookville and it definitely wears the crown. However, Nadim, I got to say, also, Spookville exists in Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia yeah. has quite a bit of its share of spookiness as well. 
because of the history, the historical of, of monuments and things that are there, and as well as there's a thriving community of horror fans and writers and creators. You know, some of the greats have come there and worked there and filmed there. So Philadelphia has definitely been become you know been a space for welcoming of the horror genre. And so, um, thank you, Tina, for your question and, and for your thoughts. Brittany, uh, Brittany, Billy, I have a question from Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> and Brittany wants to know, she says, have you guys visited a cemetery at night? It's pretty creepy. And and also, what's your take on movies that play off of the idea of visiting a cemetery or a mausoleum after hours? Okay. So, so let's start so, with the first one, Billy. Have you visited a, a cemetery question. at night? It is very so good question. So have I visited a cemetery at night? Yes. Okay. So I will say yes to that. First of all, I should not have been there because, it, but it was also open, you know, so you could just go through. But also, as you walk in, I was more afraid, and it was like about four of us, uh, but I was more, and I was maybe like 20 at the time, but I was more afraid of getting caught and being trespassed for trespassing than I was the spooks coming out, because I knew I should not have been there. And let me also say, this cemetery was very foolish to put lights out, because when you put lights over there, obviously it lights the way for people to come in and invites problems, right? From from bugs to people. (laughs) And so... You know, but other than that, yes, I have only once. I, I wasn't spooked out about it. But I do know that historically, you know, because until they became historical sites and they and there were regulations to protect cemeteries, people would be able to frequent them any time or day or night. And if you live in more remote communities, you're more likely to be able to stumble upon one very easily. And so sure. I think it's possible. Um, I think it's great, you know, if one visits – there's a word for individuals who like to do the gravings, Nadim, on the tombstones. If it starts with a T, oh, it's, I don't want to say it's technophilia, but it's people, lovers of tombstones, that's what they are. And they, they do the, the, the grave rubbings, and they like to take them, and then they make them, oh, hard, yeah. they frame them. And so they're individuals, I, I, it, you know, I found that very interesting. I don't know, if, you know, as an artist, Nadim, I'm sure you would agree. <laughs> That, that this is a little unique, little unique per se, yeah. but it is a clever way of preserving history while also giving it a contemporary flair and appreciation aesthetically for the art. So it's kind of weird, but cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if I would. Let me say this. I don't know if I would do it. I don't know if any, I'd want anybody to do it on my tombstone, to be honest with you. To, yeah. to like hatch out my tombstone like that and like, you know, like hang it somewhere. That's weird. So, okay, so that was part one of Brittany's question. And Brittany, I'm going to answer you. Have I visited a cemetery at night? Yes, and I'm going to give you zero context with it. And also, I'm not going to mention why I was there, where I was, or why, or anything else. Um, and it was, was it creepy? It was eerily peaceful. I'll put it that way. Eerily peaceful. So then the second part of her question Billy, is what's your take on movies that play off of the ideas of visiting a cemetery at night? Because it's, I mean, it is, in horror movies, they, they do this all the time. I think it's a great trope to consider. Uh, well, Michael Jackson, I, it, it, can be, it can become very cliche and very um, overdone. It, it can't be if it's done poorly. Um, but I do like the idea of the visiting of a cemetery or bringing in, because we know it's already a sacred place as a final resting spot, and it's a great place where the living and the deceased can mingle or commune in some way. So I like when it's done tastefully, it can be, it can be very exquisite. It can really bring that gothic, that, that dark gothic reality 
and a contemporary lens of what that could, you know, what the, what the, the atmosphere needs in the storyline. I think it could become a little too campy if it's overdone and overtreated. So I'm thinking of movies, Nadine, that have played off of this. The one movie that comes to mind, and it may not be a cemetery, but it's a mausoleum, and that is Phantasm. And uh-huh. when I think of the movie right. Phantasm, okay, that movie creeps me the hell out, number one. <laughs> it creeps me out, the tall man, and the little things that come and cut you up. Why would I want to be in a mausoleum, first of all? Okay, at least in the cemetery, it's outside and I can run. But in a mausoleum, I'm trapped in a building with these people, right? With right, the, with the right. deceased. So it's definitely, um, it definitely makes for a great story. I don't know why I'm a very appreciative of it having, having that idea of the death or the, the, the monumental deaths around you in a movie like Phantasm, because it's not necessarily about the people that are dead there as much as it is about the gateway that it creates, right? So that, I thought that was exquisitely cool. But I don't, I, I'm not against it. Uh, what do you think, Nadim? Are you are you in favor or of, of, of that kind of trope as well? Because we don't see I mean, it very much. I can't think of any recent movies that do it. No, I mean, there's, I, I, it's not so. When it is in a movie, like for example, in you know Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows, or you know you have teenagers hanging out in a cemetery, or you have lovers and they're going to have sex on the tomb. Like what's the, what's the the uh Jim Morrison's grave that people want to go and have sex on Jim Morrison's grave all the time and stuff like that. I will, I, I, so it can be campy, but it also, also can be a very cool feature to the story. I mean, to be honest with you, two people are on a, a grave and a hand comes out from the, from underground. That's just kind of overdone, you know, but I do agree with you that mausoleums have a creepier factor than cemeteries. I'd rather be walking through or, you know, whatever the case is in a cemetery, like the actual ground, as opposed to a mausoleum. I don't know. There's something just colder in reference to the creep factor of it, in in my opinion. But I think that it's you, – you see it in sporadically sprinkled throughout horror movies where, mm-hmm. you know, cemeteries are – you know, because it, it is a major creep factor for a lot of people. And death can also be taboo for a lot of people as well. That's true. That's a really good question. Who asked that question, Nadine? Or what? That was from Brittany. And Brittany, yeah. we appreciate your question. Good question. And we appreciate it so much that we're going to remind everybody that if you want to call in and speak to us at any time, you're more than welcome to at 347-539-5372. Again, the number is 347-539-5372. Or you could email in your questions, which a lot of you have been doing at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frytopguys at gmail.com. And you could always DM us on Insta at N-T-A-B-S-T-H, that's N-T-A-B-S-T-H, at Dr. Billy Jones or at frytopguys. And shout out to countrylivingwebsite.com. In August of 2020, last year, they published an article titled 25 of the Most Haunted Places in America That Horror Fans Need to Visit. And, folks, you got to visit this site. It's a super cool site, and if you did a quick Google on thecountryliving.com and put in 25 of the most haunting places in America, you'll find the article from August of last year. It has a 25-gallery uh, display and, and briefing on some of the most amazing spaces. And I didn't even know, Nadine, that Hawaii has one, okay? <laughs> so oh, wow. Hawaii has a space as well. You know, and, uh, and, you know, I just remember something. The Lizzie Borden House. Listen, the Lizzie Borden story in, in, in Massachusetts, folks, 
that is a crazy story of the two yeah. violent murders of the, the father the father and the stepmother by her. And, you know, they, many people want to blame her, but she was never brought to justice. She was tried and acquitted, and she was never brought to justice. But now the house is a bed and breakfast. So it goes back, it goes back to this idea that, you know, would you stay at a bed and breakfast at a place that, even though it's not a historical, is now a historical site because the house was preserved and the historical society claims it as, claims it as such. But it also, it, it harbors a, a very dark past. Would you stay overnight in a bed and breakfast? In fact, you can stay overnight in the room where one of the murders took place or where one of the bodies were discovered. Because we don't know if it happened there. But the fact is you can stay in the place where it all happened. Would you I would stay? stay in, I would stay in the place, but I would try to avoid staying in that particular room. Okay. Where the parents were, were asked and all that. I, would, I wouldn't mind staying in the place to say I stayed in the place. And I'm sure that any type of paranormal activity is just not limited to that one room. I'm assuming that the whole house is, experiences something. Yeah. But uh, that room might be a little bit too much of a of a hot spot. What about you, Billy? Do you see yourself nope. anytime? <laughs> <laughs> Unless under two conditions, the tabs are there, and we have some some assistance. <laughs> some assistance. Okay, I got you. I got you. I'm saying in holy waters. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Hey, oh. the deal. I got a question for you. This one's from Cindy. Cindy writes, Pennsylvania has all kinds of haunted places and spots to check out. You can see the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall. We actually talked, I mentioned this earlier. Have you been to Philadelphia before and seen any of these? As a kid, I, I saw the Liberty Bell. I went to Independence Hall. Like I said, I passed by um, Benjamin Franklin's uh, grave site. So, yes, as a kid. As an adult, I have not. Um, I remember a few things as a kid, um, but can I tell you that I experienced anything as a kid? Nothing that I recall. Nothing that stands out. Have you ever been to Philadelphia? Yes, I have. And I I think it's a great place. And after going, but I haven't seen, you know, I never experienced anything like you as well. But I will tell you, after going to StokerCon this past May um, and, and, and participating in the horror convention, um, Philly has, in one of its university libraries there, a horror archive that you can dive in. And some yeah. of like the, and they even have artifacts such as Stephen King's original scripts are there for some of his movies. Yeah, it's, oh, it's wow. super awesome. And I'm thinking, wow, that would be super cool to have access to such information or, or artifacts. Even not only just looking at them, but being in the space may also motivate or inspire art or writing or music in it. And so it's definitely a somewhat, a somewhat interactive, it's very typical like an average library, but it does have that there. And I wish, I mean, I was, last time I was there was over 20 years ago, but now in my 40s, had I known, and let me also say this, this, this library archive, the library was always at the university, I think it was the University of Penn, but it never existed, this, this archive is fairly new. They started getting these um, these um, artifacts and, and the resources and making it dedicated, that, that, that community aspect, that small community in the library, dedicated to horror within the past um, decade. So it's pretty neat that a, that a university is celebrating this. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I didn't know that, by the way, about the mm-hmm. university. That's interesting. I had no idea. I have a question here from Felix. Felix says, I visited the Bonaventure Cemetery in Savannah, Georgia, 
It's so creepy cool and almost surreal like movie. Have you guys heard of it? Have you heard of that cemetery? So this yes the the bona the the bona venture the bona venture bona venture mm-hmm. yeah it's in Savannah so when I was in Savannah Georgia I want to say this was in 2014 I was there for a, a a little over a day and a half almost two days for a job interview at a university there and while I was there I had the opportunity of you know riding by it <laughs> but with the tour guide uh, the lady who was actually the executive to one of the the, the administrators at the college. And she mentioned to me that the story goes that there was a, a six-year-old girl who actually passed away. I can't recall her name, but she died. The family also, because of her death, there was some whole turmoil. There was some shaming, public shame of the family. And anyhow, people claim that the, at the cemetery that the little girl plays, like she could be seen, her spirit playing or skipping around her tombstone. Like they've had, people have had feelings, familiars have sensed her or identified her in the space during visits. So she's pretty popular. So the cemetery itself, it looks like the set of a movie. The only way I can compare it is to what you probably see in Coconut Grove, Nadine, here in Miami. And okay. at the raised above ground cemeteries or what you see in New Orleans, those kinds of cemeteries, it, it's just stunning to see. But no, I've, I didn't go in, but I did pass by and I thought it was super cool that it existed. And so, and there are also some historical, there's, I think there's some historical folks, I can't remember the names the lady told me when, who was taking me around. I think there's a couple um, historical figures of America who are buried there as well. So there was another storyline there too. Right. And then the Bonaventure Cemetery is the one that, yes, with the, with the girl holding the two scales, that's from, um, I was just looking it up to make sure I didn't get it. Yeah, 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 good, it good. Is, good. Um, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. So ah, okay, okay. And I think what happened was that they had to move that uh, statue of the little girl because so many people were visiting it after the movie. And they had to move it somewhere else uh, within the cemetery. But that is where, for those of you listening, that is where you would probably know it from, from the movie Midnight Garden, The Good and Evil, which was also a book, which is also based on a true story. Um, so, you know, Savannah has such a rich history, Billy. We all know this. And it is a very southern, calm city, but it also, it definitely, definitely has a creep factor. First, uh, I'll say that uh, I'm more familiar, I I am familiar a little bit with the history of the Colonial Park Cemetery in Savannah. And the Colonial Park Cemetery in Savannah is actually so old that it is believed the cemetery was established in 1750, before the United States was even a country. Oh, wow. That's cool. Right, under British uh, colonization. And so that's how old the cemetery is. And that cemetery in particular, because of its location, has had a, it went through the, the Revolutionary War on those sites. It had the uh, Civil War. You know, Sherman marched like 60,000 troops across the state, and they went through Savannah as well. And so, you know, you have these places in Savannah that have such a rich history, especially the cemeteries, that... Um, it's kind of hard to avoid that people wouldn't experience some form of some mm-hmm. uh, either a creep factor or paranormal activity or something supernatural. You know, sometimes it's not just that, oh, I saw an apparition. Sometimes it's, you just get a feeling. And sometimes mm-hmm. you get a feeling of a particular space. Sometimes that's enough to say, okay, I kind of feel like something is off about this location or maybe something's not off, but I definitely sense something else. Well said, Nadim. I love it.
Got a question for you, Nadim. This one just came in from Unknown. Have you heard about the Cuban Club in Ybor City in Tampa? It was built in the early 20th century. It's a compound of some sort now. I, 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 I went on a tour in 2008 when I was in Tampa and Ybor City. I went to Ybor City. I was there to go to the Bush Gardens. And while I was there, my good friend, one of my closest friends, Jeremy, lives there. And we were, we were there, and I went to, went to this um, place. I remember them talking about it on the tour, but I, I didn't go to the spot where it is. Apparently, it's, it still exists. It's like a compound or a space where think different activities are, are available, like retail and things like that. But uh-huh. the Cuban club was a place where obviously many folks don't notice, but a lot of Cuban immigrants migrated and did a lot of cigar um, you know, yeah. manufacturing through Tampa. And uh-huh. the place itself, it, you know, it's just, it, you know, there are a lot of folks who obviously worked there. People passed away, lived on the premises. And now it's a place where people go and there are all kinds of entertainment that take place on this, this space now. So I'm not okay. sure if it still exists, but I heard about it unknown on my, on my tour of Ybor City back in 2008, which was a, a good minute ago. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of it. Have you heard of it, Nadine? I've heard of Ybor City because Ybor City, like you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. is a very famous because it's, it's one of the first places that were accepted uh, where merchants would go. Uh, looking for tobacco, it's very famous for the tobacco store, probably more famous than Miami, to be honest with you. It is. For, That's uh, right. Tobacco stores, tobacco locations, cigars, a huge cigar uh, area. They do fest- cigar festivals there all the time. So I know of that portion of it, but I was definitely not familiar with the Cuban Club uh, building or, or anything like that. But, you know, there, now, now that you mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of places that uh, host entertainment venues, that have entertainment venues, that are known for haunting. I'm going to tell you one, and I'm going to tell our listeners one, the Comedy Store in L.A. Now, for those of you that don't know, and I, I saw um, some time ago, Ghost Adventures did a, from the Travel Channel did a, a show there, and the Comedy Store, people, comedians, very famous comedians, have stated that they've experienced paranormal activity in the comedy store even while they're performing on stage and i'm not talking to you about comedians that are not known i'm talking to like jeffrey ross and things like that and, and hmm. sam Kinison who passed away people said that they've seen his ghost there but it's believed that the place so not believed the place before was the comedy store i think it became the comedy store in the 70s or so before yeah. that it was called zeros which was a club owned by Bugsy siegel and used for organized crime. And so there's a very dark undertone there. So even a place filled with laughter, literally filled with laughter, the comedy store still has, uh, could still have its paranormal activity. So even though it's something for entertainment, when people go to get a laugh and a drink or whatever the case is, it still has a creep factor. You remind me of, of a church. Remember I told you earlier today, uh, prior, prior to this episode, actually, before we started airing about this space, uh, a church where a cemetery is actually in the basement of the church. I don't know if you've seen this. Oh, you got you to gotta go to YouTube and watch this. I don't know how these things, I know how they're appearing in my YouTube, folks, because I keep looking for weird stuff. <laughs> and so I follow a lot of YouTube <laughs> folks, and I follow folks who do abandoned spaces and folks who oh, visit no. the site, the final resting places of famous celebrity Hollywood actors, 
or their final death scenes where they passed away, you know, things like that. So there's this place called um, New Center. It's called Center Church, and it's in New Haven, Connecticut. The actual basement of the church is a cemetery. They built this, the church on top of the cemetery because it was told that the, the tombstones would not be touched. The town continued to maintain it. It became a, a, a green space. But now people, they actually called the place, the, the, the basement, it's called the, it's called the crypt today. And in the crypt, you can actually go on a tour. You can walk through it. You can go to YouTube and watch it. It's a full video with millions, like almost a million of views. And people walk through. You have some folks who are famous that were buried there, some family members of the famous people who were buried there, like former presidents. But the point is, the cemetery, imagine like you go down the basement and there's like a cemetery. It's fully right there. <laughs> and people are walking around. People host parties there. I'm like, this is kind of odd. <laughs> like, you know, they hold socials there in the crypt. <laughs> and so it's quite odd is all I can say. I, I yeah. think that was different. It's almost too good. To, when I said it, I mentioned it the other night to my better half, and he called me and he said, you know what? Yeah, I heard. You, you didn't hear about that? I'm like, no. I don't. I mean, I would mind no, visiting it, but it's like weird. Imagine you walking through the – you just walk in the basement, and there's bricks everywhere and beautifully maintained tombstones, and you can walk on the path through there, and it's fully lit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I have a question here, Billy, uh, from Craig57. Thank you, Craig, for your question. It says, the White House is a great haunted space. Check this out. I used to work there as a staff. A few colleagues mentioned seeing a few deceased former presidents. Have you visited the White House, which we, we mentioned earlier? If so, what's your take on it being haunted? Yeah, we so about we've this. also visited. And what's your take, Billy, on the White House? in the house of the president or should be the house of the people actually uh, being haunted. It could be something there. I'm, I'm not sure. Did anybody die in the house? Nadine? I don't remember there was anybody who died in the house, maybe a pet or something, but I don't think anyone well, the, died there. Abraham like, Lincoln's some, son. Ah, okay. Abraham but no president himself. Died, uh, typhoid fever maybe. Okay. So someone, Oh, someone actually did then. Okay. Yeah. And so as a result, I, I, I think that it could be haunted. It's one of America's oldest homes, and we love – one thing we know for certain in America, we love old homes with scary with, – with, with, with dark stories or untold stories. They make for great stories and great films. So I would say yes. I think it is. I think it is. All right. So – and I agree with you. I think it is too. But I'm going to flip the script on Billy a little bit. Earlier you okay. said you wouldn't really stay in the Lizzie Borden house. Would you yeah. stay like in the Lincoln bedroom if given the opportunity – why do I feel okay with that then? <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it because maybe it's bigger or maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe because I also know that on the premises at every corner, there are people protecting it. I guess. I guess. So and if I scream yell, somebody's going to come in because they're going to be like, I feel like there's this, this human safety <laughs> that kind of protects me from, I don't know what, but it just gives me some kind of psychological safety that I, I probably wouldn't get at the Lizzie Borden house. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, the Lizzie Borden house did, did have, like, you know, it was a scene of a, ma- a murder. So I, I, I get it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think the White House is haunted. I've even read articles that says that uh, on the second floor, they see the apparition of Abraham Lincoln more if he feels the country is in some sort of distress or something like that. But he's not the only president or person that they've seen it. And so right. I definitely believe that it was haunted. But, um, 
Craig 57 used to work there as staff and he's even heard the stories and he's saying it's you know, a haunted place as well. So Craig, thank you for the insight. Thank you for your question. And we agree with you. Mm-hmm. Stacy writes, new Orleans is home to some pretty historic places or haunted quarters. What, what, why do people think new Orleans is so infested with ghosts and other things? It's a go-to destination for some. It is a ghostly destination. I I don't know if infested. Well, no, infested might be a good word. Um, in reference to the the hauntings or the paranormal, but you also have to take that that it has a Cajun Creole history. With that comes the practices of different religions as well, like voodoo and things like that. And so maybe that kind of adds for people being a little bit more that they, they've seen more or they're more attuned to certain things. Um, you know, New Orleans is a bustling, busy city, but it also has that southern mystique to it. Um, I, I do think that be, because it has that southern mystique to it, people are more, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily quicker to assume that it's something paranormal. I would think that in New Orleans and Savannah and Key West, people will be uh, a little bit more rapid to think because of the stories of the past that there's paranormal happening now. I mean, would you mm-hmm. think that that's probably one of the reasons yeah, that it there's is. that connection? It is. It? It is. Uh, that, that makes sense. It, it is. I think it's it's the just like we see in other cultures, though. Every time you get a, a melting pot of different diversity of cultures, you know, whatever is unfamiliar becomes you know taboo or, or unique. Um, sometimes forbidden, it also becomes great. It adds to the lore. And so there it is. And then you get a new hybrid, you get a remix. And then now when you have cultural combinations or hybrids, whoa, that takes it to a whole other level. I think what you said was spot on. So they have a question for you here from Donna. And Donna says, New York has quite a few cemeteries that some say are haunted, like the Mount Hope Cemetery. My friends told me that they've seen some lights at night when they drive by. Have you had any similar occurrences in your hometown? Not in my hometown. I will be honest. Whenever I drive by a cemetery or like, for instance, when my grandfather's passed where he's buried, I'm rarely that way at night anyway, but I'm not afraid to drive by or look at it in, or look in the space in the dark because I know he's there. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. His essence, you know, his physical essence of what remains is there. And so I'm okay with that. I, there's some safety and comfort in me knowing I'm passing by and I'm saying hello in my head, in my my mind and heart. But I would say, having been to other cities like Swainsboro, Georgia, where uh-huh. my other fam, my my grandmother's family and her family extended family is buried, there is some some things that I, I don't know why I just don't want to look in that direction if it's at night or if it's a foggy road. I don't know why. If it's after hours and I can't see over and beyond to the tree behind that cemetery, I'm not looking in that direction. So the the, the moral of the story, Don, uh, I'm not looking for any lights. <laughs> I'm not looking for them. I, I, I Even as much as I like to flirt with fate in some capacity, that's not way I'm gonna, one way I'm going to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and Donna, thank you for your question. Um, in my hometown, I have not seen, I haven't heard nor seen any lights or any, uh, you know, I haven't heard any oddity stories of people driving by cemeteries and seeing anything in particular. Then again, I believe if you're walking outside the cemetery or inside the cemetery or you're close to it at night, 
and you and you do see something, then you're kind of looking for something to see. That is true. That's true. I have another question here, Billy. I want to get to it. Do you have any questions on your side? I got just one or two more about it. Let's take yours first, though. Okay, I got one from Stenson, and he says, I recommend visiting the Lizzie Borden House of Massachusetts. So we already discussed this. Uh, you can stay in the rooms where your family was murdered. Would you stay there or visit? And we already discussed that. And Billy says, only the White House. <laughs> only the White House is good enough for Billy. You guys heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, just for that, I got a question for Nadine. Check this oh, out. No. <laughs> um, you know, this unknown rights, let's talk about haunted ships. Hmm. Like oh, Queen okay. Mary. Like Queen Mary, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it features ghosts, crew members, and a famous lady in white. Do you think ships could be creepy spaces? Absolutely. I think, and the Queen Mary is very famous for having hauntings and paranormal activity. Um, it's, it's a hotbed for it, as a matter of fact. Yeah, absolutely. I think ships can have, I think any structure can be haunted or have any type of paranormal activity. Um, I think even objects can, you know, uh, creep people out. So, yeah, Billy, I definitely think that ships fall into that category as well. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I do. I think that I, I think that it's ships are something we maybe we should as a topic, you know, think now thinking about it. You know, like Queen Mary itself can deserve its own space. Where so it's easy for us to look at houses and associate or with houses and fear with, you know, contain contaminate you know, contain spaces. But what about a ship or a submarine? They are they're that way too. They can also be spaces like that as well consideration. Oh. I think that was a good a good question, unknown. And Nadine, here's the last one for you. Someone gifted you an old, this is from unknown, by the way. Someone gifted you an old yet fully functional haunted Victorian mansion. Would you sell the house or move in? Move in. Move in. Billy, one of my, one of the things that I've always wanted is to have a a library or, or an intro an intro to a house uh, where you walk into the house where it looks like the entrance to the house of the Tales from the Crypt. So if I can do something like that where you have that dual staircase with a creepy little table in the middle and some cobwebs, I'm doing it. Absolutely. What about you, Billy? <laughs> Depends. <laughs> I would say yes. I err on the favor of yes more than no. Okay, okay. I think I would. I would consider. Depends on the, you know, some other conditions there, but hey, a free house is always nice, but Nothing free ever comes, you know, never is fully free. <laughs> so, uh, I, this, folks, we have to say thank you for this awesome show. And we hope that you'll return two weeks from tonight. Because on July 16th, we have an episode of Dean St. Augustine, Florida. That's our uh-huh. focus next, next two weeks. And, folks, by the way, there are three Fridays of Fright Talk this, this month. So you get us on the 16th and then again on the 30th, where we'll be talking about scary vacation stories. So we have a lot of cool stuff coming. And our favorite time of year is coming, Nadim, right? August is next month. So looking forward to having some great conversations and seeing what 2021's Halloween is going to bring us as well. That's definitely going to be a treat. Absolutely. And we want to thank all of our fans and everybody for listening. Remember that today marks 24 episodes, so you get 24 hours. That's a whole day of content. Go back to Spotify, Apple Play, iTunes, and listen to all our past shows. And you can always reach out to us. Thank you for the love. Until next time, for Nadine, stay spooky. And have a great night and a great holiday weekend. Take care.